Hello and welcome to another episode of the Excalibros. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> what, what was that? Was that like a, a yo GI Joe thing? What, what did you just do there? Yo, I'm I'm looking at the front cover of Excalibur. I don't know what. I'm just staring into the eyes of Widget, and I, I think I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're we're back with another regular episode of uh, Excalibros. Um. You know, we're going to cover the usual Excalibur, Exiles, Gen X, X-Factor. Um, but we're also doing sort of a team-up uh, right now with uh, Jason from the Snickcast and Grant from, is it Cable? I always, it's like longer, it's a longer name than I remember. What's the name <laughs> of the podcast? Cable? It's, this Cable. is how professional I am. <laughs> I'm like, now, if you broke my mind, because once you, I had it. Like cable, cable. I'm like, it's called cable something. He's right there. Yeah, it's like that. No. Well, you said cable strike force, and I'm pretty sure that's not it. No, it's pretty not. That's pretty much not the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Grant. Both... This is not. This is we're 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 not professional people. We're not great podcasters. I hope you'll forgive us for. It's the Cable Guide podcast. That's what it is. So, um, not not Cable Strike Force. Anyway, Grant's a great guy, and uh, Jason's wonderful, <laughs> and we had a, a fun time guesting on uh, the first half of that uh, crossover uh, where we cover the Executioner song, and uh, we'll be doing another crossover shortly. So likely you'll be hearing that other crossover uh, on this feed um, before we get to another regular episode. So we'll be jumping ahead a little bit uh, in X Factor to cover those issues. Um, I don't know if you know when we come back to our regular episodes if we'll do like quick synopsis of those or just skip over them. But uh, we're gonna jump ahead about you know seven issues here. Yeah, well, you know we won't cover. I think we'll do a quick synopsis. We don't need to cover them twice. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but today. Um, we're going to start off with Excalibur number 30, Dan. Uh, Excalibur. Yep, we have, uh, and, and they sort of changed uh, the titles here, but the author is Dana Morrishead. Uh, illustrators are David Ross and Alan Milgram. Pigmentator uh, is Brad Van Cotta. Typographer is Brad K. Joyce. And uh, it's just Esquire, Terry Cavanaugh. Um, sure. And the Baron Tom DeFalco, uh, that was that was a lot of fun to read, I guess. Uh, but on the cover, we've got um, Captain Britain uh, taking it from behind from a, a green winged monster while a spectral Doctor Strange watches, and 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 which it it's 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 almost like a a cuckolding experience here with with the two two. Two people who paid to watch. I don't know. This is a very and it says love lovers quarrel on the title, Dan. This is a very weird title and cover. Megan's molar madness, which I generally thought it was <laughs> is this what happens happens to Megan when she goes to the dentist? Like they have to when, summon Doctor Sh- as a cavity, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I don't it just feels like a Right, so it feels like three three images all slapped together. It feels like we have the main image um, of Brian being assaulted by this monster, and that just feels like a generic comic book image. Then we have like 
someone has stenciled in a white it's like a like graffiti like you take a something you'd happen when you take it to a con and someone draws something on someone from the front cover yeah you have like um dr strange randomly drawn in the background in white and then widget's just there <laughs> just there <laughs> watching for some reason it's widget right yeah. just yeah I'm not a big fan of that cover, that's for sure. No, it's it's fine. Uh, so we start off outside of the lighthouse, and uh, Brigadier Alison Stewart has been invited to a birthday party, and she looks really like scared and worried about going to this random birthday party on a lighthouse during a storm. Um, and she arrives, and uh, a giant green mon- winged monster busts through the door, and she, right away she's like, "Is that Megan?" Which is a, a giant leap to make. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really look like Megan at all. If I like considering all the craziness Excalibur gets up to, you should be more inclined that this is like a goblin from another dimension than than Megan. I don't know what she, yeah. she really made a leap here. Yeah, like um, maybe it's a comment on how she feels Megan is. Maybe it's like a, a fairy slayer or something. She just assumes all mystical creatures look like monsters. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it, it seems so bizarrely random because that does not... Like, we know it's Megan, obviously. But to be fair, it just looks like a monster with with hair. Right. Um, and, and it, it, it keeps... Because uh, it, it, um, of what's in Exiles, it kind of reminds me of Baron Blood <laughs> as well. So... Yeah, yeah, we've got double, as we mentioned uh, when we were chatting before this, we got double vampires this week, so everyone's lucky uh, if, if you're into vampires. Um, the monster flies away, uh, and then our friendly dragons, along with Captain Britain and Widget, go to chase. And uh, Alistair's like, ah, make sure you catch her, and then just sort of ignores his sister who got knocked down in the mud, and, and he's like, hey, get in here and help me. I, it does, there's not really a loving relationship between the siblings here. I think they don't care about each other at all. Um, no, no. <laughs> no. So they, they go in, and uh, we hear that uh, something bad happened to Megan. Then she knocked Phoenix into a bookcase and gave her a concussion. Uh, you know, people go flying through walls all the time. Nothing happens, but maybe the most powerful being in existence hits a bookcase, and she's knocked out for an issue. <laughs> it's quite it's weak sauce man weak sauce. it is uh and alistair's like ah there's there was a vampire and then the vampire bit nightcrawler so now he's a vampire so i locked him in the closet and <laughs> that's not a metaphor yes right is. yes but meanwhile captain britain and his dragon force uh patrol looking for megan they stop by die thomas of course because he's the only uh detective in the force who says that there have been reportings of like monsters flying around, and then Captain Britain goes off chasing Megan again. Uh, kind of pointless. He just stopped him from smoking there. Uh, Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless. Yeah, and then I don't know. Al, the, the stewards uh, start talking. You know, they just talk about what happens. They get sort of a little bit of fight until. His sister's like, hey, why don't you open your birthday presents? And then, like, a four-year-old boy is like, yeah, you're right. I should ignore everything that's happening and just open my presents like it's, like, Christmas morning. Oh. 
Oh, fucking no. Well, Dan. Uh, shoot, what happened to my... Sorry about this. As I was paging through things, uh, my computer just, like, restarted uh, uh, I, I can, my I, web, web browser. So can you give me one second here? So if you want, I can take I can take the hit and <laughs> read the ridiculous Doctor Who joke. Um, no, I'm, I'm. Give me give me ten seconds. I'll have this opened on my phone. Oh boy, computers suck. That is such a bad joke. Wait, I've got it. What? Not what? Who? The World Happenings Organization? No, oh, not who. Strange. What the fuck? Yeah, no. <laughs> especially in the time where the World Health Organization has been like a point of contention in the States. This felt so odd to read. Anyway, Al- Alistair got like a, a sword earring for his birthday. And he's like, how sweet. Uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting gift uh, he received. Meanwhile, in Hyde Park, uh, Captain Britain and the Dragon Force have tracked down Megan, and uh, but secretly she's tracked them down and she pounces, and sure she just pounces, uh, and Alice is like, I know what to do. We got to call Doctor Strange. I said the word strange, so obviously I got to call Doctor Strange, and then we have a terrible, terrible. Wong slash wrong joke that I don't know if it's I, I don't I wouldn't call it racist I would just call it poor bad taste yeah very bad taste <laughs> yeah uh, so Doctor Strange is on uh, here to help because there are quote unquote vampires um, Captain Britain and Megan continue to fight until he's like I can't hit a woman even though he like has hit Megan before in issues and it really has no problem with beating up with like he's a terrible person uh so for him this time, I'm sorry he just hit her in this issue as well he literally yeah. knocks her yeah. yeah then he hits her it's like oh my god what have I done and then uh, the British public attack him like they should uh while Megan runs away after transforming into a rabid bunny yeah. <laughs> that's fucking mental um, it is in the best, best possible way, maybe. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Doctor Strange arrives uh, with his uh, apprentice Rint- Rintra, who I don't know, maybe this is something that's happening in the comics at this moment, but it just seems like a, a random green monster has shown up. Uh, and they go to let Nightcrawler out to see what the problem was. Nightcrawler is like, "I'm not a vampire. I just have fangs, asshole." And, <laughs> and Alistair's like, "Oh, I totally forgot." I thought you were a vampire. So just more Alistair being awful to people. Fuck, uh, he looks good in a bandage, bless him. Man. <laughs> so eventually, uh, they're able to capture um, Megan in uh, the Hyde Park. Widget opens up a portal that takes them back to uh, the Excalibur headquarters where they pin her down. And then Doctor Strange does some magic for 15 minutes, uh, which cures her. Um, and they realize, well, this energy vampire did something to her, so her body's natural reflex was to turn into a goblin. I don't know. Just dumb comic stuff that they could 
wrap up in an issue just because they needed to get, put something out this month. Um, at the end, uh, Doctor Strange leaves. Uh, they never really acknowledge that uh, the other Stuart sibling even arrived, and she leaves out in the rain uh, unappreciated. The end. <laughs> just like, what a, you know, you, have to, you probably have to like get a cab way out there, or like, I don't know how she got out there, but then you have to trudge home in the rain from like the wilderness. What, what an awful night for, for her. <laughs> I like that that's the main concern. To be fair, she like did all this and got him like a really funky earring and everything, and uh, he thought of no one gives a shit. No one even decided to say, "Hey, I'll fly you back" or something in the rain. Right. Like, they, they just let her just toddle off. Nothing just... at all. It's just, it's so weird that she's even introduced just to be like thrown away immediately. I don't if like it's only this, the only thing it shows is how little Alistair cares about his family. Like if, if that's what they're trying to illustrate, fine, great job. Otherwise, no reason she needs to be there at all. And the fact that she's got basically it's um they basically got the same name. Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like Alistair's family just love Alistair and named his, named their daughter the same basically. And <laughs> you don't live up to Alistair's standards. How dare you? Wow. It's, yeah. it's very British. To be fair, it's very British. <laughs> there's a, I've been watching The Crown, uh, and uh, there's an episode where they talk about who's their favorite sibling or favorite child. And uh, in, in the episode, uh, Prince Philip loves Anne, and uh, the Queen, uh, who do you think she picks? Well, she might pick Charles. Nope, <laughs> not Charles. Nope, uh, that's the one that everyone agrees that they all hate. So it's not Charles. Who else has she got? Um, it's not Anne. Really, not Anne. No, is Anne no. like a, like a clone of her? Kind of, yeah. Um, it can't be Andrew. Can oh, it? can't it? Of course, it's Andrew. Why wouldn't it be him? Honestly, <laughs> right. I was just when that ended up being, I was like, of course it was. Of course, the guy who has ties to pedophilia is the one that she's most <laughs> feature. She most favors Dan. It's weird because um, that show in this country, um, um, from what I've seen, can be contentious because a lot of people seem to love it because they just in this country they just love, love anything regardless and no matter what it does. But it. Um, it's introduced Margaret Thatcher, I think. Yeah. Recently. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And um, I love Gillian Anderson, but um, that's that's another podcast entirely. Um, <laughs> but uh, apparently she plays it really well, and she doesn't come off like a monster like she was in real life. Um, I don't know. They do a good job of painting her as not someone so great. Yeah, and everyone's just like been using the. That a lot of like Brexit leaning people have been using the show as like a, a look how great our country was once. And I'm like, mm, mm, really? <laughs> really? Uh, I don't know. They especially did it on the anniversary of when Section 28 in this country was um, finally repealed, uh, which, if uh-huh. no one knows, uh, Section 28 was the um, 
the law that was passed to stop us from learning about what homosexuality was and she was all for that um that was that was fun that was fun to read when everyone was like she's such a great woman the world was a better place when she was like robbing from the poor right introducing poll tax killing millions of um vulnerable people whilst being literally openly admitting that she's servile to um capitalism and and it, and its benefactors um there's yeah, she was an interesting off. episode where like everyone in the commonwealth is in favor of um imposing economic restrictions on south uh africa because of apartheid and she's like no nah, i'm not really into it i don't think we need to do that it's like 40 other countries are like yeah this is a bad thing and she's like nah, i'd rather get my money i don't really care so there are definitely points in the series where they they don't paint her as a, a nice person because i've seen people be like oh, well i think it's because everyone because she's jillian anderson and people like jillian anderson so sure maybe that's the reason everyone's oh, like no. that's pink. yeah no? yeah no i i think they they uh, you know the, they they try to show equal i don't want to say this this good and bad and every person but it's not like a all right she's just blatantly a monster that they show her intricacies with her family and this and that and how tough it obviously probably was for her to be a like the lone uh female leader of britain um yeah. so uh I, you know i wouldn't wish that on anyone but uh, I don't think they, they portray her as, as a great person either. There's definitely some awfulness. But I just thought it was hilarious. Like, we were going over favorites of, uh, you said it was very British for the Stuarts to have a favorite child. And that yep. the Crown also had favorite children. And that one of them was a pedophile. Yep, obviously. That's why Andrew's always protected. Yes. Uh, <laughs> makes that very good. That's why Charles, Charles, for all of his charity work and everything he's ever done, is never going to see the throne. Um, so. I was thinking that, like, he, the Queen could totally outlive him at this point. That's that's a yep. very possible option. Yeah. He is, I do not doubt that she will cling to life until the day after Charles dies. <laughs> um, there's some petty, there's some petty rivalry in that fucking that that royal family. Uh, yeah, it's like we love them. We love our German saviors. Yes, it's, right. <laughs> that's so British. I was watching like there's been a time of Britishness as a tangent. Actually, no, it's Excalibur. It's fine. Um, there's been like a a, a meme on British twist. Uh, a question on British is like name something um, you think is British that isn't, and someone literally posted British. Oh right, you're right. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, that's exactly uh, yes, that's exactly it. That makes so so much sense. <laughs> but yeah. Ugh. At least you are repairing your country. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see if we've got one portion complete. If we we've got a, a runoff election in in Georgia, that will really determine if any legislation can be passed. So uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, look, things are looking up a little bit. So in our in our country, um, they announced that we're having a Brexit festival. Um, which will cost something like 29 million pounds or something. Yet they couldn't even bother to spend 20 million to stop p- kids from starving. So I have no idea what the priorities of our government is anymore. Um, so <laughs> I live in like Orwellian nightmare. I feel um, so good times. Good times. Well, maybe 
Maybe maybe an episode, uh, an issue of X Factor will help clear your brain, Dan. An issue of X. Maybe maybe just maybe. Or rather rather let's jump into Exiles. Let's jump into oh, Exiles. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because on the front cover of Exiles is our main man mimic, uh, drawn by Clayton Henry, and is everything a Saturday morning cartoon should be. Mhm. It's completely. It looks like sort of like if you had the back of a, um, like the back of a action figure. Yeah. Like yeah. Figure. That's that's all it is. It's not not offensive. It, 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 you know. No. It's all It's like thing. a trading card pose here. Yeah, pretty much. And that that's pretty much the last we see of that bright and chappiness. Um, <laughs> this issue is written by Judd Winnick, who we thought had left but has returned. Um, it's uh, Jim Calafor on pencils, and I believe it's John Holdridge on inks. And according to my book, it's still transparency digitally, digital and... Um, inks, we have Mark McKenna this time. Ah, Mark McKenna. He is on the list. I just assumed it was someone else. So I thought it was going in order. I didn't realize it was going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, transparency digital is apparently on the colors, and yep. the power is um, Paul Tone, or it could be David Sharp. It's not really clear. On who is who and yes vampires um this is called avengers forever and it's part one or two and there's no need for a part one or two i feel like this might be just a well done in one story stretched over two issues sure uh, and we start with the avengers infiltrating a base an unknown base and our avengers lineup is pretty standard avengers apart from Polaris is a member we have Falcon, 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 Giant Man, Wasp, Hawkeye, and Captain America. They do away with the um, the guards until one of them pulls out a cross and is like, stay back, and then Cap sort of smacks it away with a shield, and it's revealed that they're all vampires, and they were just attacking a shield base. And then the, the, um, the exiles, thanks to the internet and Morph and his ability to constantly shapeshift into different forms, um... They find out the backstory of this place, which is basically in the normal reality, Baron Blood um, nearly turned Captain America, but didn't. But in this one, he did. And Cap killed him and became the leader of all vampires. And then the exiles sort of just talk for a while in a shop that they've taken over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, one, no one works there and they're just helping themselves to all the food. Uh, um, while talking about Speaking Britain, of queens, uh, more if you've been... Yeah. Morphed into a, a queen here, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> While he's hacking. Queen Victoria, I believe that one is. Um, uh, and then we have the morally great Ileana talk to Calvin, and Calvin's like, "You can't do this anymore. You can't just kill people." And he he describes that they've gone through different worlds where she's um, killed Moira McTaggart and crippled Black Panther's son. Uh, she's on like being flirty for some unknown reason, which he doesn't like, and then she flirts with. Um, uh, Sunfire and she Sunfire's like mm, if I'm bored maybe and um, then they decide to go to um, Spitfire and oh god the original Union Jack's son which is a, a Mon- it's called the can't remember his name Montgomery isn't it or Falstaff Fallsworth Mr Fallsworth who gives them some information about vampires um, and that they the big mission is that um, Cap wants a, a sort of like um, idol which will make everyone a zombie because why not um yep so you can control the world yep as you do um before they um even get that far Indiana states polaris because she's the only threat really um compared to the rest of them and 
the exiles jump into action um everyone fighting everyone it seems really easy because you know it's the weaker versions of the avengers until all of a sudden um, sunfire gets an arrow to the um, shoulder and then they start exhibiting all their vampire superpowers and um sasquatch decides to being overwhelmed by giant man and falcon decides to like stamp the floor on the roof because that's a plan and um fall through the roof yep cap is uh, cap and cal go at it for ages with cap having the upper hand um hawkeye bites um sunfire where uh, tj decides to stake him and then it looks like good old uh mariko is going to be turned and then cal just gets bored of being hit and decides to fight back and dismember decapitates captain america but lo and behold that's not enough to kill this vampire he puts his head back on and he's like would you like to try again it is literally that short it is very short it's very quick um it's kind of breezy um inoffensive but i wasn't wholly bothered with it because it feels like the book is bored of itself does that make sense (laughs) like I, I i don't mind the i don't mind i think calif Califioi does really good like horror yes. aspects of the book. yeah totally uh, the, the color work's got some nice horror shades the fight's serviceable um it's nice to see sort of them up against something that isn't like it's sort of like a, a this is like a simple exiles where they've gone and it's a twisted version of the avengers it's it's a nice like sort of stop gap from all the shit that they've been going through recently um yeah i was kind of of like bored with it it didn't really do much for me um i like the fact that all the exiles got to speak though with with (laughs) winning it's like when austin was on the book for however many issues you've gone pretty much a lot of them were characters at least here when winnick's back i feel like um they've all got their voices back and that sasquatch actually has a voice now yes yeah no i totally agree it was like the story is whatever, but it felt like a, a palate cleanse from the, the just the awfulness that was Austin's just like death for fun's sake. It felt like our characters are back. It felt like and there was a purpose to their missions again instead of random werewolf bullshit. Pretty much. And even though I hate the way he writes Ileana in this, and I know it's not the real Ileana, I don't like this Ileana. At least, right. like I have, at least he tries to give her a voice because she has since Austin. It was Austin that brought her in. Yeah, yep. And he he did nothing other than she's a bit evil. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, she just wants to stab people. That was her. Just let her keep stabbing people. Yeah, and uh, when it sort of leans from that into a, like a devil may care attitude for her, and like I just want to get the job done and have fun doing it. Essentially. Right. And um, it kind of works for her. Oh, she's going to be like a a really good foil for like the what once was pure hearted Cal, you know, like them sort of going at it back and forth a little bit. That would create good tension in the team. Uh, We haven't had, uh, you know, at least not when Austin was writing it. And it's nice to see like Mariko um, or like someone's actually written in the in in the um, script. Please make morph shape shift. <laughs> that was, you know what I mean? That was his thing, and um, he didn't—he didn't even really bother shapeshifting in in no. Austin's room. No, he flew um, and he got dismembered and put back together. That's all he did. 
Um, so it's nice to see him like shifting through different things. And I do like the character beats with uh, America. And uh, obviously, T- one of one of them has to be shot um, served. And obviously, it's TJ this time around. And mm-hmm. that's that's fine because for some unknown reason, Exiles can never have the full team work. Yeah, yeah. There's always there's always one that is missing. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite for me. It's quite a decent work on the characters, and hearing them again was as as themselves was nice. But it's very much like a treading your average day at the job office sort of, of Exiles office. Sure, and you know I think I liked it more than you just because of what had come before with Austin. I felt like oh. okay, we're sort of back to the tone of the book that I enjoy, and I hear the character voices again. It just felt like oh return like a like meeting an old friend for coffee is how I, I would like it wasn't the greatest time ever but it was nice nice to see them again you know no I totally get it I think it, it has a disservice because I read this at the end of the other three so mm-hmm. I was probably a bit harsh on it because it, it is out of the three out of the four of them books we're reading it is very much the average one. <laughs> sort of like it doesn't land on the bad or the good side at all it just lands on the, it's like a steady sure ship. sure sure steady ship no totally agree i think you know we, we didn't really go over how much we liked or disliked excalibur we just sort of jumped off because it was kind of a throwaway nonsense i i, I don't think that that was the best thing we're going to read today but i also think it was i mean we've had way worse excalibur issues uh yeah. so yeah, was, I think the uh, I, I quite enjoyed some of the art in Excalibur. I thought it was like fun. So it kind of reminded me of a um some old eighties DC like dirty like dirty colors, really dark uh-huh. greens and stuff. Like some sort of um, Vertigo title for color color wise. <laughs> um, um, but I did I I thought it was just kind of like fun for a nonsense, like you said, yeah, and it yeah. didn't. After everything we've had with Excalibur, sometimes it's nice to have simple nonsense rather than utterly convoluted bullshit. Oh, sure, sure. No, I, yeah. I, I, I want to echo your points on the coloring. I, I like the sort of the, the muddy darkness uh, of the coloring that issue. It, it it went well with the quote-unquote horror <laughs> of that issue and just the the weirdness. Um, so, you know, Excalibur is fine. I think, I think Exiles... Neither one of those issues, I don't think, is is superb, but I just, as I mentioned, I, I enjoyed seeing my friends again. Yeah, I, I agree. It was nice to hear them be themselves, and it's nice to have Ileana have an actual personality. Right, <laughs> right. Even the Captain America vampire had more personality than anything that was written in Austin. Run, to be honest. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you, what you're saying, you don't miss Evil Havoc here, just doing nothing uh, for three issues? Yeah, Evil Havoc. Yeah, of course, the the height of all villains, one of the greatest experiments of all time. Really. Yeah, and don't, because Havoc is the nexus of all realities, so it's important that we we remember that. Yeah, as, as custodians of reality, we remember the stand. Yeah, that's totally. That is literally what. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the worst idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> just random dude just all right anyway uh let's move on to uh x factor uh we've got x factor number 77 with uh writer peter david uh, pencils by larry stroman inks al milgram letters by michael heisler colors by glennis oliver um 
<coughs> excuse me, and on the cover we've got uh, Cannonball trying to fly away with our non-feral, uh, with uh, X Factor and uh, the Mutant Liberation Front, and the, was it the Nasty Boys all sort of chasing after them? Um, it's it's a stylized Strowman cover. Uh, I don't I don't know. It, it feels a little bit muddy. There's just like a lot of color shooting at me here. Uh, what, so, what, what do you think? I like Cannibal and Non-Feral Wolfsbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the rest of like I really don't like how Polaris is here. And the rest of it just sort of blends. Yep. Like, maybe Strong Guy looks quite good, but the rest doesn't do anything for me. And the blue in the background is what bad. And I, who picked green and yellow as the title? Like the actual like yeah yeah top. I don't know that, this is that that horrible <laughs> visually horrible yes it feels just like just very saturated colors shooting at my face uh, not the greatest cover which is uh, crazy so... the best page is beautiful <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we jump in and we've got uh, a family meeting with a doctor uh, and talking about uh, getting their unborn child tested and it's just classic Strowman here with some very uh minimalized <laughs> very like sparse backgrounds that really work uh well for for portions of uh but Strowman his character work is so outstanding and stylized sometimes you can get away with just like very sparse uh colored backgrounds or, or empty backgrounds and I think that works here um and and the family's talked to this doctor about uh they might have the the, the the child might have an X gene and they're a little upset and not sure what they want to do and there's like emotion and aside from being a little bit wordy from uh, I almost called him Larry David but Peter David um, it's it's a little touching moment and then we we cut to uh, what's this guy's name uh, Fable Fable I feel like it's Fable <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you just made that up. Uh, but we cut to the, the now times where one of the members of uh, the, the Nasty Boys is uh, locked up uh, behind uh, an X Factor cage, and uh, that boy, that boy who was the, the family almost got rid of, is now a super villain. Ah, um, he he tries to escape from his cell, which is you know blocked off by a force field, and we get these great sort of energy panels. And then a portal opens up in what I think is one of just sort of a, a gorgeous panel here of uh, Wolfsbane jaggedly like arching her head oh. towards this, this this like glowing orifice and something's about yeah. to happen. And it's just yeah. like these these panels where Strowman is allowed to go like full 11 and Oliver is there to like provide the colors are just magnificent. Yeah, I agree. I'm all, I'm all for it. It's, it is gorgeous. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, throughout this issue, we get the classic, like, Strowman head uh, head silhouettes cut out uh, to inform the dialogue. And, uh, we, you know, some people are upset that X-Factor has captured these mutants without giving them a trial. And we get some uh, wordy back and forth until uh, the Mutant Liberation Front jumps through the portal and things are about to get hectic, Dan. Very much so. It's very uh, much the key. Yep, they attack, um, and some of them are going to go and try and, and free the nasty boys. Um, 
stuff happens. People get frozen in time um, until X Factor shows up. And uh, I don't know. I, like we're, this page where X Factor shows up is, is kind of actually boring, Strowman-wise. It almost looks like a different artist just came in and did something very house style here. Yeah, very much so, especially when the next page is insane. Um, yes. Kind of, uh, it, that, that's what the, the issue kind of backwards and forwards is that. It's like, it's very Strowman, and then it's very House Marvel, then it's very Strowman, then it's very House Marvel. Yeah. Weird to, um, I, I love it. I actually really, this is my favorite out of four, by the way. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, the, the there's no, when Strowman's drawing his books, like, there's not always a sense of panel to panel. Like, we have this crazy fight that's sort of flowing from top to bottom of the page, uh, shifting perspectives. Uh, I, I think it's just absolutely gorgeous, Dan. It really is. The whole thing is insane. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, it's just a fight issue. People fight and people fight until uh, one of the uh, milfers, as, as Jason likes to call them, uh, goes... <laughs> Yes, uh, goes to let out uh, was this slab because it, it's his sister, and uh, she's like, "Hey, mom and pop are gonna be worried about you, so I gotta let you out." Uh, then we cut to elsewhere where we've had we haven't seen him recently, but we had this evil doctor creating an exosuit to fight mutants. Um, and remember, there was he couldn't fit in it and he couldn't power it correctly. Uh, it's finally working, and he's a little worried because he's taking it out into the rain. And then he gets electrocuted and dies in his suit, right? Yeah. It's the best joke. Uh, it feels like a proper, like, fuck you, Claremont. Um, yes. <laughs> it's like the longest throwaway gag ever. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, that's why it works even better than it should. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe this is all that happened in real life for certain, right? Yeah, that's literally what would happen. And I love that Cannonball just flies past and says, ah, that's a weird statue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, It just cracked me up when I read it. I don't know why. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was like, oh, yeah, that's just the skull and the helmet now. All right, that guy. (laughs) All those those interstitials for for this. Okay. (laughs) Like, if he had taken it serious... I would have been upset, but there was no, like, there was never a panel where, where David was like, oh, this guy, he's going to be the villain you got to look out for. That was never, never hinted at. It was always, look at this Joker. Um, but we come back, and they're just, uh, and it's a fighty issue uh, until uh, the uh, Mutant Liberation Front uh, tries to escape with Slab, and then we see uh, the Chandelier head himself. Strife, Dan. He's oh, yeah. yeah. Cutlery, the the villain. Mm. He Nipples the, on a breastplate. Is his album? Yes. Uh, he's gonna drop. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Um. Yes. Strife. Mm. Um, it's uh, Strowman definitely puts his own little spin on Strife. Uh, as you know, the artist who who we watched draw. Strife in our crossover definitely went over the top in another way. I, I just love that in this case, Strife's chandelier head is proper, like two meters tall. Like the blades on the side of his face just continue to rise. 
I'm surprised he doesn't cut them while, he's, while they're trying to pull him through the, the pole. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Polaris uh, uh, can sense that, that something metal's on the other side, so she pulls him through, and the Wolfsbane grabs on, and everyone else grabs on, and they're trying to pull out Strife until um, uh, someone shoots a laser, uh, which causes X-Factor to let go of Strife, and he escapes. And they're a little upset with Alex, because Alex... It's like a safety of my team is my first concern, but they are all sort of focused on the mission. And we've got these great uh, sort of silhouette panels uh, on this page and confrontational panels between Quicksilver and Alex. It's uh, just Strowman going full 11 here uh, until we get to a little bit more house style where um, Val comes to talk to Jamie Madrox and they have the longest conversation. Like, remember, Dan, we were talking offline about people who are upset about X-Men 15 because there's too much dialogue. It was, uh, like, obstructing the view of the artwork. There's a panel in here of Val yelling at, uh, at multiple men who's laying on a couch. And that's, like, all you see of the panel. And the other 75% is just covered in, like, text. You know what panel I'm talking about here? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Because all this is running. But I'll still say that that isn't as bad. That like this wouldn't be as bad as X Men 15, because people hate that issue for some unknown reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's mental. It, very, very mental. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Polaris and Wolf Spain decide they're going to go for a walk in the park, and I love this page so much. Oh, I'm yes, because I love how he draws rain so much, like and. How um, Oliver colors her hair with like so vibrant hair color here, hints of yellow and red and yeah, I think Polaris looks fantastic. Like even the panel where she's nabbed by Cannonball is awesome. Yes, just just superb. Um, and then we have a sort of a little confrontation between Cannonball and Wolfsbrain, and he's like, "Why don't you come back to the team?" Did, I know X Factor captured you. She's like, they didn't capture me. I don't want to deal, go off with that maniac cable. Um, and just these great like side side silhouettes of the characters talking. Uh, really, so much told from basically three images, you know. Yeah. Until Polaris shows up, she's like, you you better get out of here. And we get a little more standard uh, X Men fares. A little bit of, of course, heroes are going to fight heroes until uh, Wolfsbane pleads that uh, Polaris let him go. And Polaris is like, fine, I'll let him go. And uh, there's a very, like, 90s uh, perspective panel here of Alex coming in, being all upset, and Wolfsbane looking innocent, and Polaris sort of scheming. Uh, just, I'm gonna really going to miss when, when Strowman is no longer on this book, Dan. Don't talk about it. <laughs> what happened? I can't... It'll happen soon. It'll happen sooner than later. Yeah. Um, yes. Then at the end, uh, we come back to the the Milfers, and they're like, "Oh, we 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 got more jobs to do," and uh, hints it at strife, doing stuff in the future. Um, the strife stuff, like dumbness aside, uh, I thought this was a spectacular issue. Not a whole lot like happened. Um, only little moments of of you know character conflict and resolution but just like gorgeous artwork the whole way through yeah i think it's really beautiful and it's just fun like it, it felt like david was clicking his dialogue was really clicking um mm-hmm. uh, with what was going on 
I think some of it was overtly wordy at some places. Like, uh, but it's the nineties where excess was everything. Um, so, <laughs> and everyone thought that the way Claremont did it was the right way. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of words for no reason, but on the whole, not too bad. And setting up a few things which we which uh, become important later. So everything seems to work well, and it's just beautifully coloured. Really, oh, yeah. beautiful. The colors are so stand out here, as you mentioned. Wolf Spain looks amazing. Uh, I, I feel like her hair is just like f- on fire here. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. Uh, now Wolf Spain will never look the same to me. Now I've been reminded of how I used to love the way she looked. Right. Every, <laughs> every time someone but no, because every time someone but Sherman drew her, I was like, well, that's not that's not Wolf Spain. Um, because it's bit. Uh, there's a little Twitter discussion about how um, Will Spain and Feral look like Wolverine uh, and Beast because they all have the same hairdo. Right. But I feel like I feel like Stroma like makes it so utterly over the top that it gives it its own her, her own identity. Right. And I think he's just really visually, she's really striking compared to the rest of the teammates. She just stands out, especially in this issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good times. No, just just spectacular. Uh, so um, I guess uh, next we'll we'll uh, round things out with Generation X number nineteen, Dan. Yes, onslaught impact number two. Um, the Garden of Unearthly, Unearthly Desires, and on the front cover we have a Bacalo uh, special with lots of frogs and toads. Um, we have Jubilee dressed as a gangster. Um, Monet is a cheerleader. We have uh, Paige as a clown and Everett as a dude in a t-shirt. I feel like um, Bacalo told editorial, I'll come back, but only if I get to draw a frog central issue. And they're like, fine. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the issue. We're done. Um, so <laughs> I quite like the I quite like the um, punk of it. It's not the, the, the best in the world, but um, best Bacalo in the world, but I do quite like it. Sure. Uh, and we open uh, well. It's written um, by Lobdell, obviously uh, drawn by Bacalow. Um, Inks Buckingham letters are is that RS Comic Crack and DL. Yes. Colors are the Bucky or the Bucci, um, and enhancement by Malibu. So all the digital crap is by Malibu Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and has has Marvel bought Malibu at this point? I guess. Probably, feel like maybe. So we open on um, what could arguably be the best panel of the book. Um, we open on Skin and Chamber riding a frog, a giant yeah. frog with, 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 a tr- with a tree in the background, and they're pretty much like, "What is the story about?" Which is exactly how I feel. Uh, <laughs> so, and it's called "Don't Wake Up," and it's beautiful imagery and the use of. Uh, Colors to make to distinguish light and um, darkness is is always nice on a backlow piece, but this one mm-hmm. is particularly particularly fun. Oh yeah. So we're back we're back to um sort of there's some sort of like echoing for me here in the sense of like um, that white card is exactly like um, M plate's black car but white in this one, um, and we're here in uh, Emma's abode, um, and the comic decides to just fill out the background with just X's, as as Bacalow does often. And we have 
Artie and Leech all grown up and are sort of like servant servants for Emma. It's very con- convoluted because Emma has gone crazy essentially because of uh, Onslaught. That's essentially what's happened. And she likes to bake and she's done something to the minds of her students. And there were like two police are gangster. <laughs> Blows my mind. Um, I and, love it. I love the, the terrible jokes she does the whole time. Yeah, but the yeah, Jubilee's a gangster, and obviously uh, M has her pom poms, and um, Everett's now more of a because on the front cover he's just a dude in a shirt, but he's more like a hippie true love type vibe, and then um, Paige is a clown, and they just basically talk like their archetypes, and it's stupid. But Bacalo is drawing it, and often these panels look fantastic, um, and. Basically, they make food. Emma threatens them with her telepathy. Then there's loads of toads everywhere because toads just hiding in a place in the basement. I don't know. It's like another house in a garden somewhere. And he's just get, he's got he's controlling toads like penguin controls penguins. Yeah. In Batman Returns. And then we're off to Alpha Flight because Banshee's decided to have a look at what's going on using Alpha Flight's computers. And then um, there's a beautiful sasquatch turns up and i love before you even get to that just like how detailed and like weird the outside of the alpha fight building looks it's amazing it looks like some sort of futuristic like space it looks like it could um, literally fly into space yes wouldn't wouldn't be a problem yeah so um um the original Sasquatch, not the one from Exile, turns up. They have a little chat, and Sasquatch is like, oh, I'm totally can help with like some mutant finding technology. Let's go find Emma and your um, rest of your team. And then um, the kids uh, at the Foster State are kind of like, our heads don't feel right. And the, the toads are just everywhere, riveting and riveting. Um, a tree falls over into the house. Um, it's pretty much... It's just talking until... Monet decides to enter Emma's mind. And this, I think, is the main plot point of the whole thing, because yeah. it shows yet, shows yet again that uh, Monet is more powerful than she's letting on. She describes what's happening on the astral plane with Onslaught being ridiculous, and because of that, subconsciously, Emma has um, tried to protect her children by m- manipulating their minds, her students, and... Um, then she sort of comes to her senses, um, defeats, I say defeat, sort of just talks Toad down. Yeah. More than anything. And then Sasquatch turns up, smashing a hole, and Banshee turns up. And Emma's like, oh, I'm sorry, dudes. And then everyone hugs out, and Sasquatch's like, oh, if people hugged in Alpha Fight, we'd probably all still be together. And it's literally the end. <laughs> I love that Emma was like, hey, Toad, you were treated so poorly. You could, like, live in my country estate uh and just like have a like a quite peaceful life and try to like rehab and instead he's decided to become the king of all toads yeah i like the fact that um jubilee and, and monet once they get back to normal have a truce mm-hmm. um and it's again it's another it's weird it's like a it's a trend today where it's like a it's a silly issue um doesn't really Going where the main focus is obviously more mystery to uh, Monet's character, you know, how many powers, how powerful is she? And like dropping the hints of like, oh, this onslaught dude is so powerful that it's made Emma go crazy. Um, and it's 
blah 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 <laughs> basically but uh, right at the end of the day it, it just looks it is beautifully colored all the way through the line work is really strong like it's not maybe it's like it's like um it's not bacalo going full jazz but it's kind of like a, a a subtle like a subtle um work where he's, he's trying to keep within a style like the more of a house style but it's still distinctly his work yeah for sure everything's super expressive and of course all the toads and frogs look fantastic um it was nice it wasn't to be honest it was a nice light read um yeah i was kind of yep. like it's it's throwaway as hell but if this is all if, it's, if this is all generation x is going to do when it comes to onslaught then i'll take it over an actual crossover totally yeah and and yeah. like easy throwaway issue isn't always a bad thing uh, like this was a, a fun, silly read. Uh, just focus on the, just letting Bacalo do all his, his craziness. I, I enjoyed yeah, the book. I I thought this was fun. This was sweet. Uh, there was a little heart to it. And as you mentioned, if if this is how uh, Lobdell and Bacalo like, hey, uh, we're doing our our crossover issue with Onslaught. If this is all we have to deal with, pr- praise the Lord. Because um, I think this is my second favorite out of the four we've read, purely because it was just so beautifully written. It, it's it's that sort of when you're a kid, or maybe even now, when you get your little pile, the pull list and little pile, and you're reading it, it's kind of the one that you'd read and be like, oh, this is cool. And then it's kind of the one I'd go back to, right? Read again, so visually interesting. Um, so you've had your like heavy in the nineties, you've had your heavy like I don't know, Punisher or whatever. Um, and then you've you've got your nice light and breezy Gen X issue, which is colourful and beautiful to look at. So yeah, it's totally a win-win. Um, this is to be fair, this is the po- first time in a while in the podcast where everything is pretty much. Is that two episodes in a row where everything's been okay? At least yeah, at least oh, okay or better. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even even Exiles, we, we it wasn't like uh, we we thought it was mediocre. It was just like, hey, this is a standard. Exiles, we're, we're happy to have back. Yeah, uh, give me that over over what we did have. <laughs> yes, sure. No, I, I I was really happy with. You know, I read all these. I I know how our, our episodes are going to go by how fast I read through these issues, and I read through these so fast. It was such an easy easy read. All all of these. So well, I actually, uh, I actually um, didn't read Gen X straight away. I looked through it first and just uh-huh. looked at part over the pages and then read it afterwards. Um, the same with I did with I know I'm I'm going to enjoy myself when I start pouring over the art first, then go back to actually read the damn thing. Right. So. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, it was it's been a it's been a good four books. I'm happy to actually have a good four books after like maybe not enjoying our super mad, mad, magical crossover with um, Grant and Jason in the sense of the books, not the crossover itself. It's fun to talk to those guys. Right. But um, and also what what we've had to read and suffer. For 22 issues for <laughs> Snick Cast. Yes, Jason, suffer is the word. Even yes. though I wasn't even on half of those pod- podcasts because of um, because I felt ill reading. <laughs> the crossover <laughs> made you ill? Yes, I, I hear yeah. you, Dan. So it's nice to have four books, which is really lovely and everything. So as we finish the books, is there anything that you're reading, watching, playing, doing in this pandemic um, world? That's making you feel much better about life. I think you and I both agree that uh, the Miles Morales game is uh, exquisite. Uh, yeah. 
despite being a little short for my taste, is so much fun and colorful and uh, just great characters and like breezy gameplay. I, I just uh, enjoyed blasting right through it, and I, I'm doing the new game plus now. I don't know about you, but I like jumped right back into it. Oh, the moment those credits, <laughs> the, master, the moment it was like, um, do those other two, those two, not gonna try to be spoilers, but do those other little bits and bobs afterwards. You know, clean up the city. As soon as I cleaned up everything, I was like, back to new gameplay. Because, um, yeah, I, I think we were both worried that it would just be a reskin of Spider Man, um, but it's awesome. And I adore making photographs in it. <laughs> so. Yes, you do. You, you, you and Ian both. I just see like on your timelines, just all the photos. Yep. I'm just gonna annoy everyone with uh, beautiful Miles pictures um, <laughs> until I get like, until I get the perfect frame. I, I put one as my wallpaper because I think I, I almost managed to actually get a frame that looks like it could be from Into the Spider Verse. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yay! But the gameplay is amazing, and I really Isn't like it? the characters. Yep. So, I've been doing that, and then. Uh, I've been watching Ted Lasso, uh, which is uh, a comedy. I think it's like nine episodes, ten episodes uh, about an American uh, American football coach who is hired by uh, a British football soccer team to coach. Um, And it's it's got this like this really lovely heart at the center of it. Uh, There's there's a little bit of corniness to it, but a lot of like fun jokes and like it'll just like warm warm your heart and uh so if you're looking for something to like brighten your day and make you feel good about humanity like this is this is a series i would totally recommend you watch and it it it, you'll be able to just like burn through it because it's such a uh, i don't know i don't want to say fast read or fast watch you just feel like you you're, you're compelled to keep going because you, you love the feeling of the series. Uh, there, there was no burden like, oh, I have, oh, I've got four more issues. I gotta, I gotta watch. It's just like, oh, I want to keep seeing how how these lovely people get on with their lives. Uh, so if you're looking for like a pick me up, uh, TV wise, I would definitely recommend Ted Lasso. I'm gonna have to check it out because I'm, I haven't finished The Great, but I am enjoying The Great immensely. It's literally everything that I usually look for in a, a comedy. Um, yes, The so Great is spectacular. But um, I've been reading Rat Queens. Um, I know out, outside of the horribleness of the uh, first artist, I read the second volume, and um, it's fantastic still. I think if you enjoy uh fantasy or specifically if you i don't really play much dnd but if you like fantasy dv but if you like dnd you'll definitely like rack queens i've just started started to rereading gwen stacy um or spider gwen uh which is remarkably ahead of its time um because <laughs> it's like 2015 and it still seems really vibrant relevant and um now even though mm-hmm. it's five years old right um and TV-wise, I've been watching Gundam. Well, me and Ian have gone back and watched Gundam Wing, which is definitely needs to be viewed with nostalgic filters sometimes. Um, <laughs> but it's fun, it's silly, and um, we are having a good uh, long laugh at um, a lot of the characters that mean nothing and do nothing, but are in there anyway. Um, so yeah, and I've gone back and to watch the X-Files because... I'm mad, and I thought it would be a good idea to watch it all from the beginning. It's not. Oh, oh my. What are you doing <laughs> to yourself? Oh. Season one's good. Season one's good. But, yeah. 
once you're done with that, it's just the same all the time. So. <laughs> um, no, and and um, yeah, that's probably by uh, other side. Other than if you have a PS4 and you haven't got Ghost of Tsushima, you should probably buy it because it's really fun. Um, hack and slash through through uh, Mongols. Um, that sounds really horrible, but it's um, it's quite <laughs> it's quite a fun game. Uh, I don't know how historically accurate it is, but if they really wanted to evoke um, Akira Kurosawa, they they literally hit the nail on the head uh, for his like sort of the tone of his films at least. Um, right. Uh, if you want to relive one of those uh, Seven Samurai esque, um, Throne of Blood is better. But um, if you want to relive one of his movies and act it out per se, play Ghost of Tsushima. That's all I'm gonna say. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, that was this was a lot of fun, Dan. I uh, especially happy with the quality of the books we got to read, and just love lovely to talk with you. Always a pleasure. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, where can everyone find us? Uh, we are on Stitcher. We're on iTunes under um, Excaliburs. Obviously, our main site is um, Podbean.com forward slash Excaliburs. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, at Excaliburs One, um, and you can talk to us there or not at all. Um, just if you have anything you want to like share about the podcast, let us know. And if you have anything that you're reading or doing that's helping you survive this terror dimension that we live in at the moment, uh, feel free to tell us. <laughs> I'm always looking for new things <laughs> to distract. <laughs> awesome. Well, Dan, uh, this was so much fun, and uh, we'll be back next time with uh, some special guests as we finish up uh, Executioner's Song. Uh, But uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.